socialists. We're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing businesses, business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Veris SAGE Institute colleague, Ed Kless. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about team member compensation. How's it going, Ed? Great, Ron. Talking about a, an imponderable of life. Yeah, it's you talk about systems thinking and unintended consequences and tr- nothing but trade-offs. This is it. Yeah, comp comp is is just it's almost untouchable, which is probably why we have ignored it for 243 episodes or whatever. I know, and the problem is you really can't ignore it because no. um, it, it it's part of the system, it, right? It, and a big it, part, big huge part, and. You know, some companies now have chief incentive officers. Have you heard this? To figure this out, behavioral economists who design compensation plans? I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I, I think there's there's some merit in that, actually. I, I, yeah, I think there is because in a human capital economy and where you're doing knowledge work and performance isn't so easily measured as it is if you're producing widgets that mm-hmm. you know you, you need to be looking at other things and think broader and and all of that so hopefully we can explore some of those issues yeah no definitely definitely and uh, you know we, we we were joking we we're kind of prepping with each other a few minutes before the show and i said how because i wrote a blog post on on this what, some of the things that we're going to talk about not all of it about in in 2008 i believe and I was like, and it's about 250 words. I'm like, we're going to take 250 words and turn it into a show. And you're like, it's not going to be a problem it's not. <laughs> because <laughs> there really, there really is a lot to it. And the, those 250 words just kind of encapsulate a thought. But the, you know, the first thing that I wanted to get out on this run is that salary. Let's just w- w- whatever, however, whatever the compensation is, you being paid is just another price. And I think it's important to keep that. As part of the framework, you know, uh, mostly because just a, in a nod back to minimum wage, you know, it, minimum wage is a price control because mm-hmm. it's changing. It's, it's 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 setting a price for labor. So salary is a price, and we have to keep that in mind. Yep, and that's a great point. And I would just add to that that you know I think a lot of people might think of a salary as a cost, which it is. But let's remember that ultimately all costs are still prices. That's right. And so value being a subjective is still applicable to those costs, including what you pay your people as much as what you, what you buy. Right. Well, and you made an important point earlier, and I'm sorry if I'm stealing your thunder on it, but you said, and, and we have to keep in mind that, the, that, the, that this price is for the person, not the position. Right. And that's, I think, another thing that's inextricably linked in most most HR systems is that, you know, we come up with a position description and then, you know, we put a salary on it. Uh, they, they like to, t- you know, tag it with some grade level, you know, they, you know that lot of crap that is. Right. And, and, then, and then we say, okay, well, here's the grade level. It's like, because this position 
has a salary. No, 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 no. It's the individual that you're hiring who has a price that they'll sell you their knowledge or insight for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, 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 I always I remember I always remember the Drucker line that if if you've got a position in your company that you know five people have burned through, it's not the it's not the people that are wrong. It's it's the position that's undoable or whatever. So we right. can't get locked into a job title, seniority, rankings, all of that. In the knowledge economy, it's the people that have value, not the job necessarily. Because a job could be multidisciplinary. And, okay, and, well. and that knowledge worker could work up the chain and below the chain. You might know more. A true knowledge worker most likely knows more than the person that they report to. That's not uncommon. And, and you should hope so. You should hope so yeah. in a lot of areas, right? If, if you hired right. <laughs> Yeah, if you hired right. I mean, I, this is a. I, I remember using this line for the first time when I had my own company before I was at work at Sage. This is probably twenty years ago. Because Ron, I'm going to be at Sage sixteen years in July. Isn't that crazy? I know. Since I've known you, I know you, so, you had okay. just started. I think within the last eight months since we yeah. met or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, so the but uh, I had my own company and we did software implementations and I had just I just finished off a, a a kickoff meeting I believe for a customer where we were going to do their implementation and the the owner of the organization said to me after I led led this meeting, he said, "Do you have an MBA?" Right? And my response was, "I got 3 of them." And he's like, "Really?" I said, "Working for me." <laughs> right. because because i hire people smarter than me for this because there are a lot of these projects that i'm that we're taking on right now that i can't do i can't i don't have i don't have the ability to to do this so i have to move on to the other thing which is running the organization making sure that there's stuff happening at the top and hire people who are smarter than I do. And I, I think that's a, it's a, it's a sign of a good manager, like patting myself on the back now to do that. But I really do think that there's a lot of people who are afraid to hire people who are smarter than them. Yes. I, and Ed, I think as an organization grows, that's even more true because if you think about a startup, right, you're, I mean, you're not ruled by hierarchy. You're not ruled by seniority. You're ruled by ideas, mm-hmm. right. And what works, but as an organization grows, you always say it, you know, it turns inward, it looks inward, it, it, politics become more important, the hierarchy, the corner office, the parking lot, you know, the parking spaces and the lot, the politics, all of that becomes more important. And that's when it starts to get bureaucratic and you get these stultified job classifications and descriptions and all of that. Yep. Yeah, and it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a tough place to be. So anyway, just right off the top, we just want to r- remind you that that it's it's a, so your salary is a price, and I even hesitate away, Ron, from saying it's the price of the labor. Like I don't even say that anymore. Yeah. No, it's a right? price of of your people investing their human capital in your organization. It's, it's access. It's an access yeah. level agreement. It and it, it's a it's an access level agreement in and of itself. You are paying for access to the brain. Sage pays me every two weeks for access to my brain. That's what they pay me for. That's exactly right. What was that story, Ed, in Talib's latest book? Um, the name is escaping me. Oh, Skin in the Game, where <clears throat> where he talked about in a gig economy. Let's say you have pilots on your on your, you know, your team, you have private pilots, but they fly other places, do other things. And, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't it the example of some Arab sheik offering a million dollars to fly to Vegas or something? And they do that. And, and now the company really needs them bad. 
they're not available. So mm-hmm. a lot of what you're paying people is just having them available, whether or not they're working, they're there, that you have access to them. Right. And I think a, pl- a place to look at this as, and as we fur- go further into this around compensation systems, a lot of this I've taken from is from the sports world. Because if you think about it, what you're paying for in a sports world is you're paying for access to that person. You're paying for, you know, the, the Patriots pay for access to Tom Brady, right? That's what, the, that's what they pay for. And even if he gets injured and is not working, um, and yes, they do have insurance systems and stuff that are, that are built into the process, but they, they they pay so that he doesn't work anywhere else, right? Because yeah. they got a contract, and just for access. Because Tom Brady and other players, um, and I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, by the way, but he provides value if, even if he's not on the field, even if he's injured, right? right. He can still coach and mentor yeah. and teach and all of that. Sure, um, I, I got a great story on that, Ed. So when we get into the comp thing. Um, I got a great story to tell you about an argument I got into with this particular firm about about that very issue. And the guy brought up the sports team analogy. And mm. he said, oh, you need blockers and tacklers too. And it kind of goes back to, I think you made this point last week on the bonus or somewhere. You said that, you know, let's try a sports team where everybody's paid equally. Right. How would that, how, how, do you, how, how do we think that would work? I mean, and, and that's, to me, that's like one of the biggest trade-offs with compensation just in general is you've got, you've got the trade-off between that discretionary effort that we all want from employees and the access, but, but really the discretionary effort, you know, they'll bust their butt to make something happen uh, when it needs to versus the free rider problem, spending more time on politics, not, not so much worrying about the results of the organization, but just all the internal machinations that go on. And, and that, that's a tough trade-off to, I hate to say balance, but you know, to, to do the high wire act on. Well, it is. And th- and that's what you have to do. I mean, let, let's, let's, let's just face it. And a lot of, a lot of times, especially in midsize and larger organizations, there, there's, there's middle management. You know, there's a, a huge chunk of it that isn't focused on value creation for customers. That's just focused on what would have been called pushing the paper forward, right? But just, you know, managing those internal relationships, making sure that this team isn't pissed off at that team and, uh, you know, making everybody, everybody happy and dealing with personnel issues in in and of itself. And don't forget the the TPS reports, Ron, you got to get those TPS reports. I think a lot of C-suites spend a lot of time working on just those issues um, which, which kind of amazes me. I, I just go back to something Steve Jobs said in an interview. He said, Apple doesn't have committees, right? We have one person in charge of everything. One, one person in charge of global marketing, one person in charge of iOS. And he said, we are a company that is ruled and guided by ideas, not hierarchy. That's brilliant. And I think that's really hard to maintain as an organization gets larger. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, there's, there's even some, some work being done by uh, one of our, our favorite companies out there. Um, the, the shoe company, why can't, can I think of Zappos, Zappos, right? Where they, where, where they tried to do what, what they called these circles, mm-hmm. right? Where there, there was exactly that. There was absolutely no structure and it was all just circles where people would join these d- decentralized teams 
and they really struggled with it. And as far as I know, I think they kicked, they got rid of it. They had to get rid of it. They could, they couldn't, they couldn't maintain it because it wasn't part of the culture from the very beginning. Whereas I think with Apple, there was the pirate ship. There was, you know, there was the pirate flag, right? There was Steve Jobs and, and literally raising a pirate flag over a building when he invited, when he created the Macintosh team. Which probably cost him his position in the company. It's one of the reasons he was run out because he, cre- he, he created that strife, but it was probably necessary for where Apple was at the time. Just like IBM took their PC group and they, they put them across the coast in Florida. Mm-hmm. Or down the coast, I guess, because they're in New York, right? Uh, but right. they put that group in in Florida. Yep, kept them separate and kept them shielded. You know that that's I'm, I've just finished this book called Loon Shots. I think I was telling you about this by the physicist, and he's and he's talking about this very issue of how do you strike that balance between going for loon shots, which which is a crazy ass idea, you know, that everybody thinks is just completely stupid, but you know, if you see it through, it'll change the world type of thing. Like radar, he gives, he gives a ton of examples and, um, and, and yet you do still need the admin P you need the other, you know, the, the, he calls it the franchise group that kind of keeps the lights on and keeps the business running. You need both. Yep. And and how do you walk that, that tightrope between those two groups? Park park was great at loon shots, but they weren't good at franchising them. No, couldn't get him out. All right. Well, we're up against our first break, Ron. And uh, you did mention the bonus episode. For those of you out there curious as to what that is, Ron and I do release a bonus episode every week on our Patreon site. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash T-S-O-E. We also reach commercial uh, release commercial-free versions of this show on that as well. But right now, we have to take a break and listen to one of our commercials and a word from our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. 
And we are on the Soul of Enterprise talking about one of the imponderables of life, which is compensation systems, because there really is no one right way, because for every compensation system that's been designed, there's an exception to the rule, because as there should be. Uh, one of the points we made in the first segment is that co- the salary is for the person, not the job. And Ron, you have a list, though, of of things, what was it, that people want from from their from their job, from their work. Right, or why right? people work. Why do they work? Why and, do they work? The, what is the, the where number is this from? one reason of almost any survey you see on this, and there's tons of them, you know, Pew and uh, Gallup and all that and HR companies, the first thing is intrinsic rewards, right? The reward is inherent in the work itself. So Making a difference. Yeah, this is pretty common in a profession because, you know, we're all called to a profession to do something and profess something. So that, that's why I think uh, Drucker called knowledge workers volunteers. So intrinsic rewards is first. Second is opportunity to grow, right? So you want education. You want to, you want a path upwards, not necessarily hierarchical upward, but challenge, right? You don't want, I, I don't think a lot of people burn out, say, in public accounting. I think they rust out because they do the same thing year after year after year after year. And they don't, they don't go on to bigger projects. You know, Dan's got that theory about, you know, it takes about three years to really master a topic. The first year you're excited about it. You learn everything about it. The second year, you literally master it. The third year you're bored and you want to move on. And since I've known Dan, that's been his trajectory. He's Dan Morris from Dan Morris Morris and D'Angelo. Yep. He's had, I'm not kidding. uh, Probably over a dozen different specialties since I've known him that he's just globbed onto. And I, I admit it, he has ADD, but, but I think there's something to that. The third reason that people work is the recognition of accomplishments. And you see this really good in companies that are great at storytelling. So Disney has a wall of, you know, I forget what they call it, wall of magic or something where they post all the guests, uh, letters that cast members get and all oh, they made our trip, you know, special. And some of them are just tear, tear jerkers there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and FedEx has their famous, uh, I think it's called the Zulu Bravo award, you know, for, uh, people that just go above and beyond the call of duty, like a guy who rented a helicopter to get a package somewhere. I mean, that, that type of fanaticism. And then the last thing is just economic rewards, right? The extrinsic pay, which, you know, a lot of people refer to as the hygiene factor. But I just want to focus in on that intrinsic concept because that just goes back to purpose, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And that, that's the Simon Sinek, you know, do, do, is it more important to hire people who believe what you believe, right, than it is to hire people who, who need a job? And, and I, and I think that, and I think that's true all over. We, we have the good fortune here in Allen, Texas. And I've, I've often joked with my son, who's 13, three companies. Yes. And taller than me. Officially. That, that, that's, 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 uh, yeah, that, that ruling, however you phrased it, he's taller. Yeah. Than yeah. No, ruling <laughs> on the over. field is overturned. Yeah. It's so um, overturned. <laughs> but the, the, we have three top 100 companies to work for in, probably walking distance of my house, right? Whole Foods, Container Store, and uh, Chick-fil-A. Yep. Now we can say what we want about the Chick-fil-A and the problems there, but uh, they're, it, they're, they're, they're great to work for. I mean, they're, they're just absolutely fantastic companies to, to, to work for. And I, I hope, hope he gets to sample one of them, preferably not Chick-fil-A because they'll smell. But you know, the, the, I, I just think that, that those companies are truly purpose-driven. 
Yeah. Right. And, that, and, and just like, you know, we always say that pricing comes after strategy, positioning, you know, and mm-hmm. purpose and all of that. I think it's the same thing here. Your compensation discussion has to be after your uh, a clear purpose, a clear strategy, who we are. You know, a firm is defined by the customers it doesn't have, right? Mm-hmm. All of that. It, I mean, in a company like Apple, I got to believe compensation is less tricky because they're so focused on what they do. Right. They know what right. they stand for. Which is which is why, Ron, I, and I've, I think I've made this point on the show before, but it, it, it's, it, it's in the context of compensation now. And that is, it, as, as someone who's helped hire a ton of people in my career, I mean, a, probably more than most, if I've got one question to ask, my question is, who are your heroes and why? Yeah. Because I, 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 can, I can very easily cut to someone's purpose by understanding who their heroes are and why they're heroes. Yeah. And I, could, I, I believe I can make a hiring decision based on that one question alone. And while I might not make the best decision from a technical standpoint, if I'm hiring an accountant, I know, I know it won't be a hiring mistake from a cultural perspective. Right, right. Well, that's a great point. You know, a guy named Dale Dalton, who's written some good books, and they're great books, they're really short, but he wrote one called The Gifted Boss, How to Find, Create, and Keep Great Employees. And he said this, Ed, old school is hire somebody by offering 20% more money. He said, well, try offering 100% more freedom or 100% more excitement. Gifted bosses and great employees want the same things from a workplace. Freedom from management, mediocrity, and morons, a change, and a chance. Yep. Amen. I love that. I love that. Amen. As I said, the... Uh, and I've, I'm a, the worst part of my job at Sage is expense reports. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> the timesheet in the private sector, the expense yeah. report. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but should we want to talk a little bit about the blog post I did, Ron? Or we want to save that yes. for the third segment. No, no. Let's 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 dive in. How'd let's you- dive in. Okay. Yep. Okay. So so this is again. I looked this one up. This is from February seventh, two thousand and eight. So we're talking eleven plus years ago. And let me ask you this: Has your opinion on what you wrote changed? <sighs> no. Okay. <laughs> because I know you always qualify it by saying, I and, I, and I reserve the right to change my mind in five minutes after I. And, and I still, and I still reserve that right. Like I reserve, yeah. I'm gonna, I could talk about this, and by the fourth segment, I could, I, um, I reserve the right to say, you know what, I was wrong, and I was, I was wrong, wrong for eleven years, and I'm changing my mind. Right, but so for eleven years, that's pretty good. It's, it's helped. It is, it is pretty time. good. It is probably because it's more of a framework than anything else. Yeah. Right. It's the, the, the specifics are, are left up to the individual. So I've got four four different things that I believe are part of compensation for, for knowledge workers. Number one, a base salary. I know I'm a genius. Genius. <laughs> but I do specifically say it, the base salary that's in line with the experience and the perceived value of the person. Right. Which, again, not easy to do in a lot of cases. So that's number one. Number two. Uh, quarterly or trimester variable amount based on their acquisition and or demonstration of increased knowledge. Right. Right. Yeah. So some, some, some kind of a, a, a bonus. Now I have to say I've become, <laughs> I've become more of a fan of the trimester since writing this mm-hmm. post, as opposed to the quarter. I think 120 day periods are first of all, easier to manage. And I think they just make more sense in the context of professional firms. I will say this though, I don't know that there's any, any firm that's done it that I've recommended it to. I think everybody's stuck on the quarter. Like mm-hmm. I th- th- there's nothing, there's nothing more sacrosanct in business to me now than the quarter. In the quarter. Right. Right. 
<laughs> you know, P and G did that, but they did it. I think it was every six months. Yeah, I think six months is too long. Too long. Yeah. Right. So that's that's my that's my problem there. So, it's, the, so the example here is a certification test, mm-hmm. right? Uh, especially in the software world, if you you need to become certified on a product or whatever. So the deal is, okay, you go, you t- sit for learn learn this material, sit for this test, and if you pass the test, boom, we give you. $1,000. Now, what I've heard people has made variations on that where they said, would we increase their salary by $1,000 or would we just give them a flat $1,000? Right. Hey, whatever works in, in your firm culturally. I like the idea of giving them something that's going to be more permanent. It's, you know, this is that, 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 that might be even more incentive to create for that, but we want them to learn. And what we want it to be is in alignment with our strategy. Right. So one of the things here is that I've taken this from from Peter Drucker, which is in order to come up with these learning objectives, the way it should be done is the team member should go to the the boss and say, here are the things I want to learn. The boss may have conversations with others to put the, um, the, the amounts on it. Right as to what it's what each thing is going to be worth. But the team member has to come prepared to the meeting and say, these are the things I'm going to learn. Right. And, and, and because they are in alignment with our, our strategy, right? Here's how they help fulfill our strategy. So one of the first things that this does is I think it effectively check checks whether or not strategy has been effectively communicated down in the organization, because what you're not looking to do is, you know, if the person comes to you and say, well, I want to learn Spanish, like, well, what are you, an idiot? Like, you, you, that, that's not you know, what you say. Well, what's your rationale? Well, because uh, we heard that we were going to maybe break into a Hispanic speaking market. Maybe we we're going to do more work in Miami. I don't, you know, or uh, close to the southern border, border in Texas. And I think I should learn the conversational Spanish for business. Yep. Okay, that's within that. That's that's certainly within the bounds of something that's rational. It doesn't even necessarily have to be that something extraordinarily specific to their job. Right. Right. Could be, hey, I want to, I want to begin to learn the basics and fundamentals of project management. I know I'm not one yet, but I want. That's where I want. What want to begin? Yep. OBK used to pay for people to take uh, language lessons mm-hmm. and music lessons. I want to learn to play the piano. Paul said, "Well, what's that have to do with accounting?" He says, "A lot. If you're, you know, you're into music, you're probably going to be a more aware and thoughtful accountant." Pixar does the same thing. They they let their accounting people take drawing classes. What's that have to do with shouldn't accounting? They know, shouldn't they have to know how to draw before they come to Pixar? Come on, man. But, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not the accountants, but yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that that that's that's kind of your. I know we call it sometimes a knowledge matrix, but it's really kind of your idea of a depth chart, isn't it? Right, and that it's tied to this depth chart because what you can also look at is this. Hey, he, uh, uh, the the idea that hey, we have a certain number of things that we have to learn and know in this firm, and we have to have coverage for. Okay. And you can put those skills on a matrix and then you look at it and you say, well, we only have one person who knows this, whatever this is, perhaps we need to make sure that there's backup, right? That's, you know, the proverbial, if so-and-so gets hit by a bus, what do we do? Right. right? And I think far too many firms don't look at that. So I, I think this, this concept of having a knowledge matrix, uh, because it's not just knowledge, it's also soft skill stuff too. Sure. Right. Crafting an effective email, uh, you know, I, I believe me, the, some of the emails I get, uh, grammar, really, yeah, please, right, right, you know, right. and I'm not talking about typos and mistakes like that. I'm just talking about just poor use of grammar. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So 
anyway, but so I'd, you know, I'd like to see, to see some of that. Um, but you know what? We got two more, but I'm going to give the shoulder roll, Ron, and we're going to say we're going to give you the next two after our break. Uh, okay, All right? cool. All cool. right. So we want to remind you, you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website for the show is the soul of enterprise. Dot com where you can see show notes and previews to upcoming shows, as well as our archive page, which has access to all previous shows, and our calendar page, which we released a couple of years ago, but is now up to date for the su- spring and summer months, because Ron, do, Ron and I do a tremendous amount of public speaking during the spring and summer. So if you're going to be at any of the events where we're going to be at, we'd love for you to stop by and say hello. But right now, a word from our sponsor. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about team member compensation and Ed sharing his four-point plan, which starts with a salary, Duh. <laughs> which is brilliant, <laughs> and then this idea of a knowledge matrix and continuous learning. I, I just love that, Ed, because especially when you think about it in terms of the depth chart, um, it makes you think about it as a portfolio, mm-hmm. right? We have this portfolio of knowledge. Where are we strong? Where do we need to get better? Maybe what are we weak at and should maybe drop? Stop doing. The dro- I was going to make that point. The drop thing is a drop, right? You, you know, OBK. Um, when people learn something new, um, they give them a, a badge, like a Boy Scout, Girl Scout. You get a badge, and when you learn something new and get a new badge, you have to give up an old one. Nice. Which I think is brilliant because that, that means I, okay, I'm going to start doing this, but I'm going to stop doing this. So you don't have 20-year veterans still doing bank wrecks? Is that Correct. what you're saying? That's exactly right. So there's two more, there's two more legs yeah. to your, uh, your stool here. I guess it's not a stool. It's a chair. What are the two other legs? So the, the third is a, a quarterly or, again, I think trimester would be better, uh, bonus based on the profitability of the entire firm. The entire firm. Okay. Now I have yeah. a question for you on that, but go ahead and explain how, how you would yep. do that. 
And I, I think the way the way this is is done, and and there there have been some firms who have implemented this as I've laid it out, and they they say it really works great. But the what you do is, and let again, let's take my trimester because I think the trimester is again a better way of looking at it. So you have a a, a target for profitability for the firm for a particular trimester, right? Um, and I'm gonna. It's been a while since I've I've, I've taught this, so I'm just gonna throw an example. If say say that's three hundred thousand dollars, add or subtract zeros, right? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Let's say that's three hundred thousand dollars, and that's that's the target that you want to achieve for that for that trimester. Okay. So the notion is is that if you hit that target of three hundred thousand dollars, you're gonna pay out one hundred percent of the profitability bonus. Now. What is the profitability bonus? That's something that you not then have to look at your company for to decide what that is, right? And that profitability bonus is assigned then to to individuals, and the 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 exact amount is known before the trimester begins. That right. if we make our bonus, I will get X. I will get this this amount of money, right? If we if we make one hundred percent of our bonus, and it will be to to the penny, and we know what that is ahead of time. I've seen people come up with, well, how do we assign how much that is based on seniority? I've seen them just base it on on other stuff, on on gaining new new knowledge, right? So there's lots of different ways that you can assign assign that, but it has to be known before the period begins as to what that amount is. Now this this was I forget where I picked this up in my travels, but we did this in my firm. And one of the things that we did was we said, okay, there's, but there's also going to be a ceiling and a floor. Right. Right. And the floor is that we have to make at least 50% of that profitability for you to get anything. Anything. So you right? have to make 150K in profit for that trimester before you for, get For that trimester before anything kicks. If we don't make 150, if we make 149,999.99 cents, nothing. Right. So no, the bonus is not going to be paid for that trimester. And again, this is where the trimester comes in. That's why I think the annual on this is too much, mm -hmm. right? Because we want to keep the incentives out there. Annual incentives on profitability bonuses are not good because I, I, they, it's too long. It's too long a period, and it pisses people off when you say, well, you're getting nothing for the year, mm -hmm. right? So at least this gives us the opportunity to, to make corrections on that. All right. But so say we make it at 50%. What we do is you actually square 50%. So 50% squared, so 0.5 squared is 25%. And what you're going to pay out then is 25% of the bonus. So say their bonus was for that trimester, again, was $10,000. We're only going to pay them $2,500. Gotcha. Right? And we're, the way we're going to pay that out is in... It, however, they're paid div divided by the number of pay periods, right? So if it's 2,500, we're going to then, and you get paid every two weeks, we're going to take the number of pay periods in the trimester, divide it by that number. And you're going to, so you're not going to get it lump sum. Right. Right. Because this helps. This is, with, I, I bet our friend Reginald Lee would like this because it helps with cash. With cash. And, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So that's your floor. That's it's, the floor. That's the the floor. ceiling, the ceiling is 140 percent <laughs> right right i think i know i think it's 141 percent because right, right. if i do this so point, math, right 1.1 1. 1, yeah times 1.41 is two two right yep, yep. so so if you if you make 140 percent of the profit 141 percent of the profit you're gonna double you're gonna double the amount of money 
that, that, that they would get. So instead of $10,000, they're going to get $20,000. But again, it's going to be paid over the course of those weeks, this, that series of, of, of weeks in their paycheck, right? Yep. Now, I can already hear some people objecting to this, but you have to trust me on this, that if you work the math through on this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> that, that, the, the, that way, if you set the profitability bonuses properly, you paying double what you anticipated is more than covered by the fact that you made twice your goal. Twice what the, yeah, you, that right. you made twice what the, the were actually 141% of right. your goal. Right, right, right. So in the case of the 300,000, it would be what, uh, 423. Right. In profit. Right. So there, th that, that's the number for the, for the, for the, the, the bonus system based on profitability. And I like profit, not revenue. I think we've talked about this a number of times on the show. Revenue is the easiest thing to 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 change in the long or in the short term. You can play games far too many games with revenue. I guess you can play games with profitability too, of course. Sure, but you can play far too many games with revenue. And as I've said multiple times in almost every session I've ever done on this topic, if you want me to come in and double your revenue, I can do it. But I'll put you out of business doing business. it. Yep. But I can so, do it. It's not hard to double revenue. <laughs> so at this. Does require, I think, and I want your take on this: an open book company, right, where everybody kind of understands the company's financials. At at least at least at a, at a gross level. At, at the aggregate level, sure. Right at the aggregate level. Now, yeah. I've I've already heard. And then the other objection that I've heard from people: Well, what about should it be departmentalized? All right, here's my thing on that: No, no. I, the, 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 you're, you're creating silos. Well, silos. our departments are clearly separate from separate. one another. Bull, I don't curse on the show, but I do on the bonus episode. Bull, right? right? right. I, I, I heard this in accounting firms up the yin-yang. Well, the tax people won't give us any leads on audits, right? No, this is that trade-off. This is that trade-off between the teams and... The firm wide, I, you know, I lean towards the firm side. I, I get the arguments that the team people make, but uh, I just, I, because of that portfolio thinking and systems thinking, I, I, I kind of like it firm wide. But and here's the thing, and this is just now reinforced my point. I still reserve the right to change my mind five minutes from now, but with subscription, this becomes even more important. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, right. So with subscription, this becomes even more important. All right, so the, that's the that's the third component. The fourth component is discretionary bonuses based on above and beyond performance. Right. Uh, let, call it. We just did the, the show on tip. What four weeks ago? Five weeks yep. ago? Right. It's an internal tip. Right. Yep. You did something and, amazing, and and it doesn't necessarily even have to be cash. Right. It can be right like recognition, like some of these companies, like Disney and whatever, or, or it can just be yeah. You know, we'll get you this. And plasma. even even better culturally, if you make it individualized. Yeah. Right, because it's specific to that person. Right. 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 Um. You know. I, I think that's a great framework. I really do. I, I really like that. So let me give you another one. This comes from the book, Get Rid of Performance, Get Rid of the Performance Review by Samuel Colbert, who's a USC professor. 
And boy, you thought we didn't like the annual performance, Ed? This guy hates it. <laughs> um, but he's got a thing in there where he talks about uh, Colbert's law of compensation or something. He says, so what really determines pay? Here are three, here's three criteria. Whether the boss wants to retain the employee, the amount of raise that the boss thinks is necessary for doing so, and the department's budget. What do you think of that? It's pretty um, cynical. It's sadly true. It, it, especially <laughs> at a large company, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the ways he, he illustrates this, he said, let's say you have a valued employee who decides to leave and the boss says, all right, Ed, what will it take to get you to stay? He said, then there's no game playing. There's no pretense. It's just the raw truth. He says, if you have all these bonuses and all this stuff, he says, you're neat, you're, you're just, you're creating a ritual that people are just going to, you know, game and there's going to be posturing and it inhibits straight communication. It, it, it makes a pretty strong case for this, but I, I still think it's kind of cynical. <laughs> it, I, I, in my organization, I never counter offered. Yep. If they wanted to go, they were free to go. Yeah, and 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 when I when I did have people reporting to me at Sage, God forbid that ever happens again. Uh, I'm never going to make a counteroffer. And mm -hmm. I and I've and I even had people who came to me when I when I announced internally, hey, so and so is leaving me. You know, my boss would say to me, well, should we? Do you want to make them a counteroffer? Nope. Nope. Now let me ask you: Do you think that's the libertarian streak in you? Probably. Probably. Uh, now I have hired people back yep. at sometimes higher salaries than they got when they left. Right. Colbert Col Colbert's point on, on these three things is pay and performance don't have much to do with each other. And that's why I think it's so cynical, but I think he's talking about large organizations. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's face it. The budget is always going to be a factor, no matter what. I mean, right. the, right. we're not we're not we're not going to be able to take a you know a, a firm that makes ten million dollars and hire somebody who's going to we're going to pay you nine million. I mean, you know, so the, 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 there there is clearly a limit to right. Right. what 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 what's going to be paid to to some degree based on on a on a budget. But I will say this though, I, you know, whenever we were I was doing hiring based on position descriptions. We did have a salary range, but there was frequently times where if we got the right person that, and I really felt strongly that we would just throw that completely out the window. Right. Yep. yep. Right. Which is kind of, of the essential. Reasons, yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I really, I, you know, I, I struggle with this conversation, the conversation about, well, what's the salary range on this position? Because it usually gets asked pretty early. So in, in my firm, we were pretty straightforward to say, well, we put this range on it. But honestly, we're flexible. So sure. if we want to continue the conversation, let's talk. It's not, it, I mean, I remember starting uh, with a big eight accounting firm and I was paid more than my, my senior who was supervising me just because that was the market reality at the time. The market was hot and they were, you know, the wages went up. Well, and I have, I have a story for that too, because I want to talk a little bit about, about that and relate it back to something that you said earlier, but we're against our last break here. So let's do that. Again, the uh, website, The Soul of Enterprise, uh, we have the, the archive page, the calendar, and also show notes and previews to upcoming shows. 
want to mention the Patreon site where you can listen to bonus episodes as well as our uh, uncut or uh, commercial free, or as we like to say it, anti-kite uh, <laughs> commercial, but anti-kite <laughs> level edition. But right now, uh, a word from our sponsor and uh, get to listen to Greg Kite. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about team member compensation and Ed, uh, about, I don't know, it must have been 10 or 15 years ago, I was working with a firm that was selling some pretty innovative tax strategies that were, let's say, super normal profits, if not windfall. Very, very profitable. And we got into this discussion. Now, there's nothing but partners in the room. Okay, so they're all partners. And we started to get into a discussion about how how the spoils get divided up. How should we comp people for the for these things that are sold? And I said, well, you know, the the person that sells them uh, brings it in, you know, should should be well compensated. And there was a group of dissenting partners that said, no, no, it can't just be the rainmakers. You need the blockers and tacklers too, mm-hmm. right? And we're making all these football analogies. And I said, well, let's look at the NFL and let's look at what an average quarterback makes and an average blocker and tackler. And, you know, the quarterback was like at the time, like 4 million or something average. And the average NFL player was like 110,000. And it's like, no, there, there needs to be, it, it can't be egalitarian. It can't be equal. I mean, it was Thomas Jefferson, I think, who said that there's nothing, there's nothing less equal than treating non-equals equally. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your response to, we need the blockers and tacklers too? Well, by blockers and tacklers, they mean the the, the people, people that do the work to do the work, right. right? And look, there's there's challenges. Well, and I think part of this is because if you're relating it back to the timesheet, right? And now you're now all of a sudden you're talking about well, we need X number of hours, blah blah blah. So right, they got to right. chew that, those things up. So once you get rid of that, because when, once you get rid of that, you also have the well, 
it's really about delivering to the customer. I don't, in fact, in fact, we want you to do it faster, right? One of our big beefs against the timesheet is, is such a, it's such a, 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 a block to innovation because there's no incentive to do it faster. Right. Right. And, so, and these things, by the way, weren't time-based at all. At all. Okay. On that. And, and so, but it would, but these partners were arguing that, Hey, the people that do this work are, are extremely technical and, and, you know, savvy people. And they need to be incredibly well compensated. And it was almost like they were arguing for there should be equality between the people that sell these things and the people who actually. Oh, no, 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 no. And and, no. And in fact, um, well, you and I were involved in an engagement uh, with with a with a law firm. And one, you know, one of the stories that they told us was that, you know, the way that they arranged their comp system, which was revenue based, by the way, I don't think it was profitability based. I think ultimately they went on, they went based on off of revenue. But this, you know, sometimes one, one guy's job is to make a phone call, a phone call to set up a meeting and he or she, and he or she gets 50% of the revenue allocation. Yep. (laughs) Because without that phone call, there's zero. But, you know, it goes back to something you said really important before about your profitability percentages. That's known beforehand. Right. And, and that agreement is made in this that particular firm. That agreement was made on the people who were going to service that job. And they knew that the person doing the call was going to get half the revenue. Right. Right. And and I think that the, the same is true on on this stuff too. Now I d- I do believe that it's it's perfectly acceptable in in knowledge firms like sports teams, for the star players, star athletes, star performers, star workers, star talent, yeah, star talent to in some cases get paid more than the coach, manager, CEO, supervisor, senior, yeah. <laughs> owner maybe owner in some cases owner owner yeah right sure yeah you know Uh, and i think that's perfectly acceptable and 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 that again because value is subjective and really what we're trying to do here is parse something you can't parse which is how do we separate out the individual components of value because from the customer's perspective there is none there's no way to do that Right. right and 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 in this case the firm somewhat is the customer and, that's you know, right. You're, you're buying. You're not just buying. Didn't Henry Ford have that lament? Why is it when I hire somebody, I don't just get a pair of hands. I get the whole human. Yeah, yeah humans are messy. You're gonna. You did come in a package. You're gonna get the whole ball of wax. Good, bad, yeah. ugly, strength, weaknesses, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I look. I. 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 I he. He's cynical, but he. In a lot of ways, it's right. right. Um. I, but I, I really don't. I don't have a problem with with uh, that with the, those people being highly compensated, if there's a logical, rational reason for it. I don't consider what this what 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 it sounded like was happening in the conversation that you were a part of, that there was a rational reason other than we think it should be even. Right. 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 Yep. No, that's exact. And and look, I I I never did find out how they resolved it. But oh, I'm really? sure okay. however they did it, it was messy and probably didn't satisfy, you know, the old joke about the only, the only firms that are happy with partner compensation are sole proprietors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. I mean, I, I, I read these comp plans by some of these consultants who specialize in this area and yeah. they, they, they put it across like it's a panacea, like this will handle all your incentive problems. This will incent the right behavior and the. It's like you're dealing with humans. Give me a break. We're the ultimate scamps. We'll 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 screw up any comp system you throw at us. 
Right. No, we can we can figure out a way around it and yep. and and give you ten reasons for it being not what it was supposed to be. I look, I, and I think we've said this three or four times in in this episode. It, it's 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 sort of like pricing on the other side. If you got to do it up front, yeah, right. And I think part of the problem is, especially in the partner comp model, is that it's done retrospectively. Right, the pie splitting is retrospective. It's not perceived as fair. It's not, you know, it's got all these other issues attached to it. Plus, it's usually wrapped up with the annual performance appraisal, which is a problem all by itself. Yeah. Look, look, and there's arguments to be made. And here's where I'm, you know, changing my mind from five minutes ago. The the other argument that I have heard that you can build into the comp plan is some kind of a uh, net promoter score, firm-wide net promoter score thing. Mm -hmm. Right. I would handle that via discretionary bonus that might go to any, any and all people or as part of a uh, learning objective, right. Or something. But, um, but I have heard people say that they would want another component that it's just exclusively based on net promoter. Yeah. You know, what, what scares me about that and I, you own a Honda, I own an Acura and mm-hmm. I don't know if you get your car service at a Honda dealer, but they're really into the net promoter and the ratings because I guess Honda monitors that like mad. Oh, they that do. Acura call me after I take my call. Acura corporate calls me for, uh-huh. and, and the dealer says, Oh, you got to give us a five star. You give us a five star. We'll give you a free detail. I mean, there's ways they gain that there's system. Ways around too, that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. So, of course. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it's you it's humanity, right? It's crooked right. timber to begin with, so you're gonna get a crooked <laughs> no matter what, what you do. What's what's the actual Peter Drucker quote? Something like what you measure, you will get. You will get, even if it yeah. destroys you. I you know, I do like Nordstrom's philosophy on compensation. They say your performance is your review. And and they have salespeople that make, you know, six, sometimes seven figures yeah at nordstrom so yeah it's pretty impressive yeah but, you know the other the other thing and this isn't compensation per se but i, I think it's related and that isn't is it making sure that people know what what the the trust level that that you have in them right um and you know I, we, I know we've talked about Ricardo Semler on the show, but he, but, but he came, he came up in a conversation I had this, this week, which just continues to blow people away. The notion of, you know, just tell them, give everybody American express, American express card, card and, and, yep. and say, if you need anything to do your job better, just buy it. We don't check that. We just pay it. Right. And, and, and that alone is what a message that sends. Think of the ways that we, that we signal that we don't trust our people, annual performance reviews, timesheets account for every minute of your day, you know, these things just destroy trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had the classic argument and I know we got to, we got to wrap things up here, but the classic argument, well, I would do that if, it, if the, if the IRS regulations were different. Oh, right. please, please. You know, Ed, there's an old military saying a man wouldn't sell his life for a million bucks, but he'd gladly risk it for a ribbon or a medal of honor. And I think that just goes back to no matter what your comp system is, it's a heck of a lot easier if you have a defined purpose and people believe in it. Amen. Amen. All right, Ron, what do we got coming up next week? All right. It's free rider Friday. Oh yeah. All right, cool. It's been a long, it's been five weeks, hasn't it? So it has. Yeah. Really looking forward to this. All right. I'll see you in 167 hours. (laughs) 
This has been the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, check out our full show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. We'll link to Ed's blog post where you can see that formula that he gave us. And you can also contact Ed or myself at asktsv at Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend.